The doctor with thugonomics is back. And poor Elias just got the worst deal. Cause you standing in the ring when John Cena about to turn heel. Silence your cell phone, hold your applause, shut your mouth and no string plucks. Feel like I'm watching one of my movies cause this whole damn thing sucks. This means walk with Elias? Nah, I'm not really feeling it. Because without the guitar, what it really means is wasted wrestling experiment. I'm a bad man, my style like a pit bull, bitch you. And you ain't even half a dog, you just a little piece of shih tzu. I'd ask him to do a duet, but you just put it on the shelf. Cause everybody here just saw you only like playing with yourself. And they call me the golden shovel. So I'm about to bury your push. Your face looks like my nuts. Except you got a hairier bush. Oh, looks like I wore out my welcome. It's about time that I left you. So there'll be no AA for today. But you about to get the F you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 10th Year Seniors Podcast Network. We are somehow back for, well, in some form or fashion, we're back for another week of OTTV. Um, Cardo is here today. I mean, it's amazing. I haven't Sa- done this part in quite some time. Sans Javon, I don't know. I guess, I don't know, y'all, y'all must see the same person, because y'all clearly just, last week it was Javon, this week is you, so somehow, some way, we, we can make this work. Um... WrestleMania is in the books, as they say. It's it's in the rear view. Ironically, I wanted to be back for the WrestleMania preview part, but I'm glad I'm back for the review part because, strange enough, this was a good show. Yeah. It was a good show. A lot of people, I, I went all over social media. I see a lot of reviews, and everybody's in agreement. Okay. This year's WrestleMania was a decent show compared to the last two Manias. But we easy, though. Generally speaking, uh, pause. As wrestling fan, we and we, me and Javon talked about this at the end of the pod last week, the preview pod. Um, when you get to WrestleMania, is like, for the most part, for the non-Roman Reigns years, it's like everything just gets glossed over, uh, right? Like you have you have sufficient moments that happen, and it's usually like you end up remembering the best and whatever the one or two worst things is, and somehow it ends up just feeling like. That, now, I say all of that, though, but this was actually, to me, I think this was a really good mania. And I think what they did was, I think the sensible thing that they did was they stacked the card top to bottom. Yeah, when, we, when the show went live and we saw the first match, the Brock Seth mm-hmm. Rollins match, and the way they played into Perfect making, like, the first match. Perfect placement. The first question everybody in remarks is, how do you keep this momentum up? Right. Because it's hard to start off a show that high right. and then prevent it from falling down a cliff. You mad disrespectful, though. How so? Because you skipped a whole pre-show. <laughs> you so disrespectful. Like, no, I, and I'm pretty sure a whole title change on the pre-show. Family. No, that was a title change. But I in fact, no, no. In fact, in fact, there were two title changes on the but pre-show. Everybody Cardo. 
skipped the pre-show. I was an only one. I, think I mean, literally skipped the pre-show. It was on USA for a period of time. So what they did was the first hour from five to six was on YouTube. The second hour was on USA from six to seven, and then the show went live on the network. The reason, the only reason I bring up the um, the pre-show is because on this very pod last week when we discussed the tie team match between. The Revival and Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, which I think we said was Kurt Hawkins and Heath Slater, by the way. Um, when and, we, and I'm the disrespectful when we, when, <laughs> when we discussed that match, I told Javon, I was like, these niggas, Galette, Ryder, and Hawkins win these belts. Hmm. And I, I, I predicted it right here on this podcast. I wasn't here for the discussion. Because but Vince loves to do garbage. Guys, that, and that's exactly why I thought going into Mania, they would be the team that, you know, got played all the way up. I think probably three, four weeks out, Vince is like, we need a gimmick for this. And everybody's like, well, Hawkins ain't never win a match. Now this nigga gimmicked the entire <laughs> tag team division <laughs> through WrestleMania week. Coming out of WrestleMania... Actually, yo, WrestleMania night, those that match and the women's tag team title match, and then on SmackDown on Tuesday with the Usos versus the Hardys. But we could get to that. But um, no, that's the only reason why I wanted to, dis- to discuss the, um, the, pre-show. the pre-show is because I-, I predicted that. I call that. Yeah. I mean, we also call Nice winning the, um, the Cruiserweight title, but I think that one was a bit more obvious just from a general storyline and build standpoint. A lot of people don't point this out, but I think they're doing something really smooth with the Cruiserweight division. Um, it's almost like a revolving door with the title, but it's almost like everybody has their time to shine. Mm-hmm. The way they went from Murphy when he was there and just keep passing the mm-hmm. title right along, it's like we just need to prop up this whole division mm-hmm. so the best at the time, that's the person we're going to put the belt on. Right. And I think it's been a terrific strategy for that entire division. I mean, you say all of that, and I can't tell you, I haven't watched 205 Live in, <laughs> since Enzo was on it. No. Uh, it, it, I'm very, and I just, I just being honest, I don't have time. I, don't I can have understand the time. That. that. Thank God for YouTube, because YouTube finds a way to... Thank God for cage side seats. Uh, but what they do with the Cruiser division, it, 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 it's moved up in my books. It's right under NXT America, which is my favorite show, mm-hmm. throughout the week, that NXT United Kingdom, which is better than Raw, in my opinion, just a smidgen better than SmackDown, mm-hmm. and then a SmackDown, and then Two or Five Live. So Two or Five Live is a pretty good, is a pretty good watch. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's an hour long show. Hold on, no, no. Let's let's review. What's your order of the best shows? I need you to go from one to five. So what's one the best five, show? Best show NXT. Okay. Second best show NXT UK. Okay. Third show SmackDown. Fourth show Two or Five. Are you disrespectful? How am I disrespectful? You're SmackDown after the NXT UK. Have you watched NXT UK? No. Real Ripley is anyway. Anyway, I mean, y'all, y'all, y'all understand. I, Ricardo, I don't have time, and it's like I kind of have to at least dedicate some time to pretending like I watching Raw and SmackDown. But see, okay. even though on Raw I fall asleep by ten o'clock every Monday night. No, that's everyone. Everybody sleeps through Monday night. I think we have the argument every time in the OTTB WhatsApp group. Nobody sits through the entire Raw show. Mm-mm. Somebody always just checks and is like, oh, yeah, this just happened. No, you just be thankful for that one person who is the sacrificial lamb this week who watching the last hour to be like, hey, 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 something important is happening. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, to bring it back, just to bring the point home with the show rankings, uh-huh. with NXT UK, I don't watch the entire show. What I do is there's a few wrestlers on that show, and I follow their storylines week to week through mm-hmm. recap videos, uh, rumor reports, dirt sheets, right. all those kind of things. Gotcha. Uh, but the one wrestler I try to find time to watch... Is Rhea Ripley? No. She's second, but Walter, the guy who fought the... And who won the title? The Bruiserweight. Who fought the Bruiserweight? At, at, Pete Dunne. Yes. That guy... Is, the thing is, I've heard... Okay, I'll be honest. I've heard plenty of great things about NXT UK. and I'm not, So I'm not, I'm not surprised... 
I'm surprised because I don't watch it, but I'm not surprised based on what I see online and how the feedback that people provide on NXT UK. So I'm not that surprised in thinking about it because it does get that level of of fanfare online. Um, But for me, I guess I just, I appreciate that SmackDown is the closest thing we have on the main roster to what it feels like on NXT. So as, as a main show, as a main roster show, I think the fact that it's a main roster show would kick it up a little bit for me, mm. right? Now, granted, like I said, I don't watch NXT UK, so I do kind of have a bias there. But um, rounding back, I guess, to to just the, the flow of Mania, we all were sitting down there when, and I think they played it perfectly because this, apparently the story is Hulk did not actually know what was happening. So <laughs> the look on his face wasn't like, oh, uh, I'm playing my part really well. It was genuinely, what the hell? Why did why did Paul Heyman just walk past me? Right, right, right. right. Um, they also need to kill the Silver Dome joke. That's done. Like, but he, I mean, he tried to run this. Like, okay, it was fine when he did it at 30, which I think was when it was him rocking Austin. Right. No, the, the joke's dead now. That's it is, been dead but, for five years. But so is Hogan's career. What do you expect from a man that old just with come nothing out, left to give? Just come out and hit the poses. I mean, that. that and call that, the city right. That's tired now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, he I literally took too. forever to just flex. And he was like, Ugh. you was almost like you could hear the creaking in the muscle. Like, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's I don't terrible. understand why we still need Hogan at, at a mania show in 2019 going it's, into 2020. It's because he's still alive. As long as he's still alive. I'm not wishing that on anybody. No, but like, I mean, and it's, it's an every five years thing, which we noted that night. It's like every five years. Okay. You, when you hit a five or a zero, Hogan's going to be around. No, because no. I think he's around every year. I think the five-year thing is the fact that he's going to do more than just the media show. I think it was but three or four years ago, he did a couple of runs leading up to, right. a couple of runs leading up, and they had the whole thing, Triple H. Right, uh, right, right, right. And now I, I think mean, in the next year or two, he's going to have that whole build right, up. Right, because they brought him back in, so to speak. He's back in the WWE fold. Loved but, and beloved. But again, media, the way they set it up, we had, like you said, Hogan did not know. So we had Paul Heyman march out, stun everybody. Like, what? Okay, why is Paul Paul Heyman out already? Right. And in typical Paul Heyman fashion, the best designer of a wrestling show out there. Look here, dude was just like, "All right, if we ain't getting on last, you know, we got me an event." First. My client is not staying around for five hours uh, to wait for some late point in the, in the card. It was Let's the get perfect this over way with. to script no, it. No, it was perfect. It was the perfect way to script it. And Paul it. Heyman is the is probably one of the only persons who could have sold that line. Pulled it off. And actually pulled it off. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, we were all like, well, shoot, if Seth win, clearly then that means we heading down like because a, a dark path. Because we had the conversation, there's no way Seth, Becky, and Kofi are going to win. And see, and, this is, <clears> and <throat> I think this is where Vince is getting absolutely better with scripting these shows because he, he he's he tapping into the way wrestling minds think uh-huh. now it would in the and past it was just him in the past it was literally just him screwing with you mm-hmm. but now he's like i'm gonna give you what you want but i but just I'm screw with you to get there and so, i have to give him credit so for yeah, that. it still leaves you it you know what it does it takes away from the or it adds to the suspense because you still feel like you're not exactly sure mm-hmm. when everything hits every beat that you expected to hit then there's no fun in watching wrestling. Right, right, so right. for us, starting with Seth, we were like, man, that means either Becky or Kofi could lose because there's no way all three of them are coming out with the titles. Right. And they went further on Monday night based on the results because then it was like, oh, so now at least one of them still ain't going to have the title because they're going to they're gonna give either Seth or Kofi, spoiler alert, but either Seth or Kofi both belts. So they still had us because they were like, because we were all like, when, we, when somebody was like, oh, New Day is opening Raw, there's a title match. 
clearly they just doing this now because they ain't people ain't gonna be mad right. if Seth is the one who takes the belt from Kofi because we always paranoid, right? We we always paranoid that we ain't gonna get you know, the full extension of what we want. Yeah, but I mean that's what Vince did, and it started like you said from the night of Mania, dude. Because the way the match opened up between Rollins and 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 and. and Brock. That also screwed us up because Brock beat the holy well, shit out of him. And everybody's like, well, outside the ring I guess, the I guess this is why the match's on first. He he literally beat Seth all the way around the ring. From pillar to post. And tore him up. So yeah. by the time the match out, it's like, well, no way in the world mm-hmm. uh, Rollins would do it. But in typical Vince fashion, the guy that everybody up on the pedestal, Vince was like, I'm going to show you that this is what it takes to beat Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. He literally had uh, Rollins low blow Brock Lesnar, take Brock Lesnar out of it, and mm-hmm. then... Curb stump, curb stump. Curb stump. Three times. And that that that's the way Vince scripted, and I mm-hmm. have to give him credit. He gave us what we didn't want mm-hmm. in a dominant Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. but at the same time, he gave, gave us, us what, what we wanted, wanted mm-hmm. in uh, Rollins getting the belt. And at the end of the day, he also did what he likes to do, which is protect people. So he protected Brock because Brock could say he lost partially because of a low blow. Mm-hmm. And so it's... it's, it's pr- that match, the layout of that match, and in a lot of ways, the layout of Mania, other than I have one major bone I think with it's WrestleMania. The same, it's the same but bone everybody is picking. Other than that, WrestleMania was perfectly scripted from a layout, from a match placement. All of that was... Look at the first four matches. We went from Seth and Brock Lesnar... Fire. ...to AJ Styles versus Randy, which could have been better. It could have been better, it was but a, it was good. But it was a good match. It was as good as a match, like I said, going into that match. Right. The match would depend... On how interested Randy Orton was. Right. And in moments in that match... He was mildly he, interested. He was very much interested. Yeah, so overall, that was a solid match. AJ Styles won. I don't, know, I don't think we need to spend too much time there. Mm-hmm. Um, the fatal four-way match for the SmackDown tag titles, which I have to say, was probably, other than because of the emotional component to the Kofi-Daniel Bryan match, mm-hmm. was, from a technical wrestling standpoint, might have been the best match of the night. Um, I disagreed initially when we were watching the show live i had problems with that match mm-hmm. but since Mania, i've watched a few matches over mm-hmm. and that match shot all the way up my rankings yeah because if you go back there were spots in that match between um not, not, not just gimmick stand uh, not no. just gimmick moments i'm mm-hmm. talking about legit wrestling yeah. moments that were off the charts but i mean look at everybody involved in this match right you have the usos who are arguably i want to say now probably the best tag team live right now doing it yes no they're probably the best tag team ever no ever if they're if they're not they are damn close they've been doing it that long the shift of the gimmick from the all of that the the chanting stuff to the uso penitentiary and the work they've done with the bar with the new day I think they are, they are. If they're not at the top, they're on the Mount Rushmore. That, we we gonna have the that's the separate part right there. But it ain't coming next week or probably the week after. But you're gonna hear that part of the best tag teams ever. But so you have the Usos, you have the Bar, Cesaro and Sheamus, who are two of you know. Cesaro, in my opinion, he should be up for a single title. He yeah. needs the belt. Mm-hmm. That dude, Nakamura and Rusev, who? also great hands in the ring. And then Alistair Black and like you literally had eight top tier wrestlers, one of which was a tie like an actual true tie team. Yeah. But those other six guys are could probably be like a main event match for a world title and nobody could bat an eye. I, I absolutely agree with you. The problem I have with this match going in is the fact that the build it felt so rushed. Like we didn't get a clear format. But because- this is the problem with Mania, right? You have so many stories to tell. And unless you have a really definitive tie team feud, you don't have 
they tend to get the bare bones when it comes to putting together a match, especially if it's going to be a multi-team Team. match. No, it's I agree just, with you, it's, but it's the problem. See, with, what with made it. this what made this a big problem for me is the fact that they had moments where it was easy to build this match. Mm-hmm. In the two weeks prior to this, they had Alistair Black and Ricochet moving from show to show to show uh-huh. to show to show. They literally could have played up to a point where it was like, well, we've been from show to show and we don't see a tag team that's worthy to compete with us. Mm-hmm. And Usos should been the team to step up and miss. what do you mean no team is worthy right we've been running this division for years. across this company for years right so if you want to talk you have to start with us and mm-hmm. then you can add uh the bar who come to come out because they have history they have, with, with with the Usos. and then you can add rusev and uh nakamura to say the exact same thing we, yep. we've been in line so a bill could have happened it just didn't that was my only problem heading into this. But I, I mean, I understand it because like you have you you're, you're you're trying to build so many matches. You were trying to build AJ and Orton, which had to seem like it was important. You were building Miz and Shane, which was the fourth uh, card in in the line in the in the in the um the main show. Mm-hmm. So stick a pin there. We went from Seth and Brock to AJ and Orton to that SmackDown tie team title match to Miz and Shane. Has there been a better f- four-match opening to WrestleMania ever? No. No. In terms of in-ring work, story, moving everything forward, like... No. and I, I, This is when they expect up after the Miz and Shane match. I was like, this opening stretch has been so good. Mm-hmm. How do you continue this? And that's when we started the whole conversation on... How many matches are left? Because I need to figure when the burn, when the drop is going to happen. Right. What is going to be what we call the um the 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 um the cool down match, yeah. right? So technically, after that or after those first four matches, the cool down match was the women's tag team match, which makes sense because <clears throat> in a lot of ways, the women's tag team division is just a way to give all of the other women who are not involved in the singles title picture something to do. Right. Um. I think we also predict, I predicted that the Iconics would win because, again, Vince just likes to do the thing that seems like the biggest swerve. Now, we had this conversation and I jokingly said, well, Thomas jokingly said in the chat, Still have issue with you them. know, they're the only real tag team. Don't accept it. Um, and in honesty, they were the only true tag team in the bunch. They came into NXT essentially as a tag, as a tag team. team and they've been that way the entire time. Right. So that is a fact. Right, they are the longest tenured actual tie team out of any group in the bunch. They're not the most talented. They're not necessarily the best on the mic. Either. They're not the best on the mic. Um, so I understand, but we had Carmella as the as the as the SmackDown Women's she, Champion for at least at some least, time. At she least, had the belt longer than Asuka did, which is true. But at least Carmella was because she was so bad. It was entertaining. <laughs> With the Iconics, is almost like nobody wants this. Why? Why? Nobody wants this. That I that was definitely yeah. That was like everybody who was watching the match a second, the pin was surreal. Everybody's like, what? no, that that happened. Like this real. Mm-hmm. I, and I still don't accept it to the day. Like I have. My issues with Sasha and Bailey and the way they have executed this title run, being in, being the first female tag team champion. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I felt like this was the moment for them to stick the flag in history and actually take this belt to something else. Mm-hmm. But now you degrade the whole division. It makes no sense because the Iconics have the belt. It's not even interesting to watch anymore. Yeah, I don't. I I'm like I said. I only predicted it because you're gonna. 
if you're gonna get what you want, what you want in a lot of other spots, there's going to be stuff that you don't want that has to happen. And to me, the iconics winning that belt was the thing that made the most sense. They're not gonna put it on on Naya and Tamina because Tamina can't wrestle; she could barely walk straight. Um, she's so bad in the ring. She's terrible in the ring. She's horrible. But I, can we be honest? Sasha is almost Sin Cara level botch fest recently, though. No, because I have to. I, I do agree with that. And aspect. that's that's either singles or tag. So you Which can't use true. the cop out to say, well, they're not used to working in tag. No, I'm not, that's not my cop out. My cop out is this. How interested has she been over the last few months? Well, the rumor is that she's not interested in working there at all anymore. It, so but, uh, that's my point. You had the, when, when Sasha was Sasha, she was literally one of the best. You could have given me any match. Let me put it together. Let Vince put it together. Let you put it together. Whoever. Mm hmm. I would have taken Sasha versus Charlotte and watched that 10 or the 10 times. Well, I mean, I... I when, when Sasha was Sasha, that was one of the best feuds so you to say, watch in wrestling. So what you're saying is she's Randy Orton. Basically, now, that, that is what she is. Hmm. You have literally torn this girl's career down to the point that on some nights she doesn't even want to be there. And no, you can I mean, see it. I mean, that, 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 but that... But see, in some ways, that's why I understand them taking the belts off of them. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to result in the Sasha Bailey feud. I don't know that I care anymore. But that's where they lost her. With that whole build up to the Sasha Bailey. That never happened. We waited literally two years for that. And it still ain't happened. And then they made up, put the belt on them. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, the sad part is they, they begged for the belts. If you go and you read some of the comments, they they said they were in Vince's office basically every week. Can we get a tag team belts? Are we getting because a women's tag team belts? I mean, that's true. Because you I, brought Ronda in, and I, then we automatically what? forgot everything that Sasha and Bailey yep. was up to that point. Yep. And they had no idea what to do. And they literally put them in purgatory for them two to go back and forth with each other for a two-year stretch. You would lose any quality wrestler. Mm-hmm. Hell, it's the same thing we see with Dean Ambrose week to week. Well, that's why he's, he's leaving. It, that's my point. But to say that that was one of the reasons they should have taken the belts off of them, I kind of disagree with that. They had something good going. If you gave them a credible match at Mania against they, a quality tag team. That's the problem. I actually think that they probably would have fared better if it was a single like a, a, a single team, team-on-team team match, two-on-two match with them, um, and Natalia and Beth Phoenix. Because team, I, you would have gotten a better quality match from a wrestling standpoint. And I think there would have been more... I think there was more meat to chew in that particular story than anything that could have come out of the four-way match. And, and clearly, they have no direction for these titles. Right. None. I mean, you put them on the Iconics, and that's like fun and interesting, maybe. Just from the standpoint of sometimes... Sometimes you end up with gold out of somebody who definitely is un worthy or or seems to be incapable of doing anything with a title and you end up with some interesting moments out of it a la carmelo mm. but but again again she it was so bad that she was just entertaining they're bad in a way that's not really entertaining yeah, and that's the challenge what? now like i said that was the cool down match because from there we got what was probably for a lot of people the match of the night which was kofi versus daniel bryan and that was a well-executed, well-wrestled, well-told story in the ring. Um, I think it's been the cleanest match that Kofi has had since the whole Mustafa Ali injury. Because in some of the matches in early on, I know in Elimination Chamber, there was a couple of sketchy spots where you know there was a botch or a near botch. And he looked like he wasn't quite ready for what was to come. Right, right, right. But I think from a, 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 a clean standpoint, that was the cleanest match that he's had since... This particular push has started. Um, I think everything they did in the build to the match was well told. Um, I think Daniel Bryan is 
amazing as a heel. I wrote an article right when he came back, and I was like, this dude is forever face. And I'm glad that I was wrong, because that man yeah. is one of the best professional wrestlers ever. Let me tell you something. Y'all is clowning on me a lot for my affection towards WCW. Mm-hmm. But that match between Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston... One of another matches I rewatch after Mania. Mm-hmm. It was the closest thing to a WCW match I've seen in a while. And when I say that, I mean in terms of the definition they put mm-hmm. on the moves in the ring. Mm-hmm. There was a spot in this match where Daniel Bryan was trying to do the bridge thing mm-hmm. that he normally does, that only him is capable of doing right the now. The surfboard? And the way Kofi sold that, mm-hmm. I've not felt pain for a wrestling match mm-hmm. in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I felt it there. There was another spot where he was doing the the yes no kicks mm-hmm. and he played into it because for a long time he's been saying he's the new Daniel Bryan no so he yes, didn't no want no. to and then he was doing the and yes. he embraced it, it to the point beautiful. that it annoyed the people yeah. I was chatting and I was uh-huh. like this this it, is what we needed let me tell you let me tell you what was amazing about that match right from a technical in-ring work standpoint beautiful. it was well wrestled but from an emotional wrestling standpoint, it was always it was also beautiful because let me tell you what that match reminded me of from an emotional standpoint. Remember when NWO came came in and they ran roughshod? So this is another WCW point. But remember when they came over and they run they ran roughshod over everything, and then things started showing up in the rafters, and everybody was like, "Is he a part of the NWO? He's wearing black and white." Did it? And remember that match, the the title match between him and Hogan, and I think I. Th- think it was was it sold out it was sold out it was so it was sold out when sting won the emotion of we don't know what we're gonna do with ourselves if sting like loses this match it felt like it like felt that like was em- that was the moment that was how this match felt it's like if kofi doesn't win this match we don't know what we're going to do with ourselves which is absolutely true and this is why i say it was the closest thing to wcw match. i remember this thing organ there's match. so many and perfect the passion moments, in the crowd literally if you were if you watch that match sitting at home you were glued to your tv screens uh-huh. to the point because you were so invested in this and you know it was so amazing and this is like sometimes like like serendipity in wrestling sometimes is the best thing because kofi only got the spot because mustafa ali got the concussion prior to elimination chamber we didn't know we wanted this until we got it and it no. happened and it it was organic it felt natural i felt like vince interfered just enough to keep it a wrestling wrestling story but not so much that it it took away so that's the mm-hmm. issue we had with with becky and ronda and charlotte it was it was too much wweification of you know uh, something that story. should have been more organic and should have been a better story this was like a perfect a perfectly told wrestling story both in and outside of the ring to the point where what could have been seen as a heel move when Kofi um I think is he had reversed um or he'd broken the bell lock and he grabbed Daniel Bryan's left arm and then his right arm and we all knew it was coming right because Daniel's been doing this for a while now he's stomping niggas in the face and so it's like you know what's coming and it's like you you're you're thinking about okay he's doing this because he's getting his revenge he's making his statement but at the same time you know in real life Daniel Bryan's concussion issues and that was why he retired and was out of wrestling for 3 or 4 years and so it's that 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 crossroads of i'm here i'm chanting for Kofi because we want him to win but, but it's also the only that way. it's that tinge of no like he has to go this far it's the only it was way. like it's there's so many perfectly beautiful moments of storytelling in this match. Like, I could do a pod on that match alone. It was excellent. The build, everything about it. So, 
that and they and it, Vince is perfect like in that the way that was scripted when Brian locked him in the LaBelle lock I think it was the second time and we were like okay this match has been going on for about 10 to 12 minutes it feels like we're nearing the end you know we've gotten a couple of of um decent spots decent spots you know we had a couple of false finishes and it's like so at this because I literally said it feels like the next finisher is the end of the match. And then Daniel Bryan locks him in the LaBelle lock. And I'm like, oh, frig. Nuts. Right? <laughs> and it, and, and it, was, it wasn't that. We had the whole spot with um, New Day taking out uh, Rowan outside of the ring. I forgot Rowan. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Exactly. Exa- you for, even forgot that there was three guys outside of the ring the entire time. Which is another perfect part of the story. Because Xavier Woods and Big E's reactions as the match was going on. Even that, the whole idea that they're in support of their brother and they they want this as much as Kofi and they want it for Kofi as much as anybody in the world could, even beyond his wife and children. Added to the fact that the shots we kept saying from the back with everybody getting uh-huh. around. Right, and so they have all of the faces on the roster standing around, which which plays back into when um, Kofi fought the gauntlet the first time and then Yude fought the gauntlet the second time to get him into... So they, they played back on the storytelling elements that they told on the way to the match. Everything about it was just... It was excellent. That is That match, the story, the build, even just the, the, the happenstance nature of how we got there is wrestling in its purest and best form. Mm-hmm. And on the largest possible stage, it was... That is what wrestling is all about. No, I have to that, agree with you. That match. And so when you get to the end, like, so... Backstory to all of this. We watched Mania at my at my place, right? And it was like maybe ten or eleven guys in the living room. My eleven month old kid is upstairs trying to fall asleep, and I literally had gotten a message maybe ten minutes before my, from my wife saying like, "We think we finally getting it down, but like y'all got to keep the noise down." And then Kofi won, and it's, there's no way to stop that moment. And it's just like the place erupted, I, I and I checked, and I literally picked up my phone, and I'm like, I know I'm gonna get a message. I know I'm gonna get a message, but nonetheless, so that's that's what's happening in the background. But like the, the that moment when that one, two, three, and there being no question, no hiccups, no screw ups, no potential false finishes are coming back from it. Just that raw it, it emotion. Was it was re- it was you couldn't. You couldn't, you couldn't stop it. You couldn't do anything in that moment other than celebrate. Yeah, because the discussion built around it, not only the fact that everybody wanted Kofi to win, the fact of what it represented for wrestling fans and at that one of the smallest group of wrestling fans, mm-hmm. blacks, uh, African people of yeah. African descent. It yep. was a big deal because the discussion we had going into it is, there ever been a, you know, a black wrestler to ever hold the belt? And definitively, Kofi was that person. Like, mm-hmm. again, something we didn't expect to happen leading up to WrestleMania. Nope. But the way it played out, it was so much emphasis because mm-hmm. not only the fact that he's a good singles competitor, mm-hmm. he's a part of one of the best factions in WWE history. Mm-hmm. Added to that, that they're still together, still going strong. Mm-hmm. All of them black. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just amazing story on all mm-hmm. fronts. And for the first <clears> time in a long time, I found myself at that moment applauding Vince McMahon for yeah. allowing this to happen because... Yep. In so much instances in the past, these were the moments where he would literally go full Vince mode. You know what one of the most perfect moments of this entire story was? New Day won. So there's two things in that New Day tag team gauntlet match. One, it was the respect shown by the Usos to not actually fight and they forfeited, which I thought was a perfect part of the overall story. And then two, when they actually finally won the match by beating um, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, 
they cut to so after they get the celebration of new day in the ring kofi coming out that whole nine they cut to vince in the back who's getting ready to head into the limo and they were like so does this mean that kofi has the title shot at wrestlemania Mm -hmm. and vince says Kofi will be wrestling at WrestleMania and he gets into the car and he drives off. And I think that was the last we saw of Vince with regards to this story. Right. And I'm like, no, that's perfect. Even that it's like, so now I'm, I'm stepping all the way out of the way. You guys can have the moment from here, right? In terms of the wrestlers, the story, the commentators, Vince was out of the picture at that point, which I also thought was a powerful moment because he gave us a physical on-screen representation of I'm not interfering in this any further. No, I'm no, not going to do correct. anything more. There was still another week, and they did nothing. They literally just had the contract signing. They had everybody thinking that something that the other shoe was going to drop. Dropped, yeah. But Vince already told us, again, I'm out. Again, and this is why I started the part like this. It's the way Vince set it up. He gave you what you wanted at the same time of giving you, you what you knew Vince was going to do, mm-hmm. he played into that. Uh-huh. And at the very last woman, was like, I step out of the way and give you what you want. And I have to give him credit. I didn't expect Vince <clears throat> to grow up to that point. Yep. But he did it. He yep. did it. And what came out of it was a special moment. I think the only thing I've ever seen like this in WWE was when CM Punk left and everything the repercussions that that came with, mm-hmm. and when Daniel Bryan won over in the triple threat at WrestleMania I mean, 30. Those are the only two moments I've ever seen on this level. Mm-hmm. The closest thing is when, of course, the Undertaker lost, but that was hurt instead mm-hmm. of joy. But right. those were two. No, you're moments. right. The 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 SummerSlam when um when CM Punk no was it SummerSlam was it Money in the Bank? It was Money. In it was the Money, the Money in the Bank. So he beat Cena at Money in the Bank, grabbed the title, hopped the railing, and then it was that moment of. You kind of know that he's coming back, but you kind of don't know if he's coming back. Mm-hmm. And so it was that. The, and, and it was just the moment of they let an indie dude beat Legit. John Cena for the friggin' world title. And why? Oh, let me clarify before people say CM Punk leaving. Why is that a good thing? It was good because he won the belt off of the pure need the company had for him. Yeah. They knew that. If we let this guy go, mm-hmm. we're, we're losing a big thing. And CM Punk looked at them square nine and was like, but I'm leaving anyway. Boom. What do you do? And I'm taking your title, eh? And they gave him the belt knowing down well that it's a risk, but they yeah. were willing to take it. No, and the thing is, I mean, truth be told, from what I remember, that story, his contract expired that night after yep. the pay-per-view. Yep. So there was a chance <laughs> that that dude left with your title and was not coming back. And that's something Vince didn't do since... Uh, Bret Hart. N- not Bret Hart. It was Bret Hart after... I'm trying to remember the chick's name. Medusa? Medusa was... Red Hot was after Medusa. Okay, That's yes. why the whole Montreal screw drop uh, happened. Yes, yes, Because they yes, didn't yes. want him to show up on Nitro that, with the WWE. The you were absolutely exactly. correct. So, no, it was just... It's 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 one of those things. That that whole Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, that match, the story, that, that's wrestling in its purest form. So, we got that, and then, then we started to see how they were going to make up for... All of this. So they had Joe squash um, Ray. Swiftness. And they had it where it seemed like Ray was going to squash Joe. So he hits the 619. He's getting ready to do. Everybody's the, like, this quick? He's getting ready to do the West Coast pop. Your boy kicks him, throws him in the Kikina clutch. Mash. That was probably under 30 seconds, right? And then we had Reigns versus McIntyre. Literally, they have the match time for Joe and Ray Mysterio as a minute, and I still think that that might be too long. We took we took bets on that match. First of all, we actually got Kofi versus Daniel Bryan for twenty three minutes and forty five seconds. Twenty three minutes. Damn. Seth versus Brock was match time was two and a half minutes. Mm. 
Now, there was probably like 10 minutes of Seth getting beat, beat outside, the, outside ring. the ring. But the match is too... Can we just can we just remind everyone that Seth Rollins is undefeated against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? I need, no, you could go ahead. You could go. <laughs> just I'm gonna just I'm gonna just lay that out there. CrossFit Jesus. <laughs> um, there's not much to say about Roman Reigns versus Drew. I think all it tells us is that Reigns is the next challenger for the Universal Title. No, it, I, I think we need to get into this conversation a little bit later about the shakeup and what it could mean. I don't think there's mm, no way in the world that Reigns isn't going to SmackDown. <laughs> we can get to that. We well, okay, so we can get to that because I have a question about that. About if 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 Fox had one pick, we can get to that. We can get to that question though. Um, so then we had. So this is my problem. Triple H and Batista had twenty four minutes and forty five seconds. This is the worst match of the night, and not for the reasons you think. And it's the longest match of the night. Twenty four a minute longer than the epic. The epic. I know WWE of, title match. I know a lot of people in our wrestling circle get mad at me when I say this. But everything that match represented is why I hate Triple H. There's no way in the world Triple H at that age against an opponent like Batista should be that big of a focal point for a WrestleMania show. Mm. I You're understand right. the story, the history, and all that other stuff. But at the same time, it was almost like, but Trip, you, is so many other people that deserve that spotlight. That time. Why Why are you trying to? No. Don't My do thing it. is, we could have gotten a 12-minute match between Rey Mysterio and Samoa that Joe could've... if these guys were willing to go 10 to 15 minutes instead of 25. And literally, the things that took so long in the match, the things that you could predict, and it's so, it like is the, literally like the nose the, ring a snap, it's a snapshot of what Triple H's career yeah. was. Like, it's ridiculous for you to I, take I don't them. think we disagree on the reasons why. I, I just have a strong dislike for Triple H. A lot of people feel like a lot of things he did was deserve it. But I, 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 don't, I don't think so. I think Triple H is one of the most... I think this match was was unnecessary. Um, I get that this, Batista wanted it. He's a big star now, so I get why that makes sense. But this didn't need 25 minutes. Not at all. I mean, it is, say it 25 minutes. We're not talking just... The intro no, the alone actual, was no, no but minutes. the match itself was 25. That's what I'm saying. What I'm looking at is the actual, actual match, match time. time. So we're not talking about all the things that came before. The entrances, the, the whole nines. They literally took 45 minutes. Probably. 45 minutes that we didn't need. Probably. You're probably right. From a match that nobody cared about. That match was going on, and I feel like we were having conversations about whether or not Kofi is actually the first black yeah. WWE champion yeah, and going through the history. The we had all all sorts of other. Co- this match was not important. I'm sorry. Like, at, like, and you're right. At this stage in his career, they didn't need they didn't need a half an hour to tell that match. It wasn't even like there was a story to it. Nope. Nope. We, we could we, we could have gotten all of the important beats of that match out as important as you you think you can call it. And this is we could have gotten all of the important beats of that match out in ten to twelve minutes. And this is why I say this was the worst match of the night. Not only that we see everything that went into Triple H's and Batista's entrance, uh-huh. which we said could have gone to so many other wrestlers. Uh-huh. That was long enough. Mm-hmm. Then we had to add the whole storyline. Oh, my God. Ric Flair out of nowhere right. to assist his best friend to destroy the man to try to destroy one of the best. We didn't need all of that. No. This was just a match between Triple H and Dave Batista. Allowed that to happen mm-hmm. and be done with it. Mm-hmm. But the problem was... You you acknowledge you would acknowledge that the match didn't matter if all it was was just a match between Triple H and Dave Batista. If you didn't have the, I, but but I'm saying you could even have that to say okay that's why the match was a short match. It it didn't need all of that. It didn't need oh you know the spine buster on the um and I, like a lot of it and I I get it. A lot of it is callbacks to their previous matches and their feud in the past. But do we care at this point? No. 
a lot of the wrestling fans now, like if you just became, a, they don't know. They don't know that you literally have to spoon feed them that entire story, That's which what they, they tried to do, <laughs> which they tried to do. Batista uh, but, can't take a pedigree. It's nope. been fifty-five thousand years. No, it's and terrible. He still hasn't learned how to take a pedigree. It's terrible. And then we got Corbin versus Kurt Angle. I think either right after the Triple H match or after the Corbin Kurt Angle match was when we got um, Cena. Thugonomic scene, right? Yeah. Which might have been the second, third best overall segment. No, it would have been night. after the... No, it would have been before. Because the question was... We started to ask amongst ourselves. Was Cena coming? Meaning, well, okay, I guess... You know, the rumors about the angle match isn't you know, right. going to happen. But, hey, that was one of the best moments of the night. The that, Thugonomic scene. No, that was... that was And that was well played. Bars. And Elias was the perfect foil. It was That, that was, again... Perfect, because there's no way anybody's going to boo Thugonomic Sino. I, I hope you have time to literally edit this podcast, because I want the Sino, uh, the lines he dropped at Media, mm-hmm. to be the intro to this pod. Okay. Just going bar by bar by bar, and then we go into the in- that, that That needs to open this okay. pod, because it, it was prototypical for what this media represented. Mm-hmm. Good flashbacks to what made wrestling great mm-hmm. over so many of the past years, mm-hmm. and the in-ring of... Uh, it was it, good. It was good. I'll I'll take my time. We won't run this until Monday. <laughs> I'll do everything we need to do, and we'll get that in the pod. We'll have that as the intro of the pod. N- done. N- no further no further questions. Um, I mean, Corbin Kurt Angle is not what we wanted. We knew Corbin was gonna win. Angle is the type of dude that's gonna go out on his back. Um, I I wish that it wasn't that. I wish that it could have been a match that I actually cared about. I think Cena, the callback to Cena being um, to Angle being Cena's first match, and then Cena being Angle's last match was probably the best story. The best story they could have told the best, but I, I don't think, I don't know. We couldn't be for, for whatever reason we couldn't get it. They wanted they wanted to have him put over. I guess Batista and Triple H meant nothing. In all honesty, Angle versus Cena wouldn't have meant anything other than that one particular moment. Yeah. But I think that would have been a more important moment than the end of this Batista Triple H. I think to be all honest. the stories we wanted going into this match is what hindered it. But when we got the match, to be honest with you, it wasn't bad. What match? Angle Corbin. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was a for what, for match. What, for what Kurt Angle could have delivered in this uh-huh. final match? Fair. It wasn't bad. Fair. Because, I mean, we've seen a lot of Kurt Angle in the last few weeks, this whole retirement farewell and it tour. Been pretty. And it hasn't been pretty. So, um, just to see what this match turned out to be, mm-hmm. he had a couple of good spots, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is why I used to like Kurt Angle. Yep. To the point that when he ripped off the top part of his uh suit, You almost thought for a second. Yeah, and yeah. then we saw, like, it, 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 it was what Kurt Angle represented in his career. And when you take all the negativity about Byron Corbin out of it, mm-hmm. it was a pretty good match. Yeah. And for, maybe for if, what Byron, it was. If, if Byron works out, in a few matches from now, we look back at this and be like, oh, this yeah. This is the turning point. He, he's the guy who retired Kurt and that turned around his career. Yep. So this, And it, I think I think that's how they, obviously, that's what they want to use it for. They wanted to use whoever took that victory um, from Kurt to be able to use it as a future storytelling device. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, Corbin was the only one that made sense. Because mm-hmm. it would have been unbelievable. Like, Drew didn't need that. Drew's already clearly fast-tracking up to that title picture one way or another. Um then we had the Demon versus Lashley. I don't care. I don't care. They've literally gotten me to the point where Finn Balor, who upon his debut, um, 
won the right to face Seth at SummerSlam for the Universal Championship, the, mm-hmm. the first fighting for it, won the championship, yep. got dislocated his shoulder in the match and had to um had to vacate the title and that was two years ago? It feels like three. Maybe three? Because it w- wasn't it uh, Santa Clara or Nang in... No, he fought... No, that was SummerSlam. No. Yeah, he fought He fought Sting the year before... The year after that? No, the year before that. And then he won the belt. Seth, it was injured. It, it would, no, it would be three years. It would be three years ago that day. So that would be 2016? Brock had the belt for two years. And before that day, right. they introduced it three years ago. Three right. years ago. So... I, I I don't I can't care about Finn the same way I can't care about Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows on SmackDown. And this and this is people even forget that they exist. This is why I get super super frustrated, and I think I started to talk about this with the Sasha thing. When you take something that was as important as Demon Finn Balor mm. and you muddy it this way, mm-hmm. you lose a lot of a lot of people with that. Mm-hmm. With Demon Finn, it was almost like the go through. The go-to thing that he did in important moments throughout mm-hmm. NXT, throughout his time, and and I'm just saying to myself, no, why in then, the world? Because then he didn't bring it out when he fought Brock Lesnar for the Universal. Why title. not then? Because he because they didn't they weren't taking the title off of Brock, so that they because they know the outcome and Brock gains nothing by beating Demon Finn because he's Brock. Like I understand, I underst- I can wrap my head around the why, but my thing is then don't put him in that spot, right? Let him come back and claim his I never lost the universal title when it's somebody that we believe he could actually beat. That's true. But See, like now, post-mania would have been the perfect time. If you weren't trying to hot shot Reigns or McIntyre into that spot, this would have been the perfect moment because you get to come and claim it from the guy who beat you for it or who you beat for it in the first place. So, Seth, like, this would have been the perfect... Like, you talking about wrestling, old-school, long-term storytelling stuff? This would have been Finn's moment. It, it should have been Finn's moment. But like you said, it's not that I don't care about what happened between him and uh, Bobby at Mania. It's just the match was meh. Because Bobby Lashley is meh. But I'm, no, I like Bobby. In the ring? In the ring, I like Bobby. And a lot of people have criticized me for this. Bobby, Bobby is one of my favorite wrestlers right now. But we get to that in the Superstar Shape Up and what I feel like needs What's to happen, happen for his career. Okay. All right. Last match of the night, main event, history making. For the wrong reason. So let's just jump to the end. Because the match, for what it's worth, I mean, table tables were um, undefeated for the most part on Sunday night. No cell tables all the, night. All night long. All night long. I mean, those tables weren't giving niggas an inch, right? Pause. 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 Uh, <laughs> but, um... Yeah, no, those tables those sold all night. Um, but no, the match was fine. No, it wasn't. No, what? it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Are you trying to say it was less than fine? No, why? No, I'm asking. I need to know which direction you go. It, it was less than fine okay, for okay, one okay, reason and one reason. Is. I have to take off my glasses for this. The problem with this match, and this is why they needed to add Charlotte to this match. Every point of the match that fell down to me was it fell down because it was absent Charlotte Flair. Every botch in this match happened because it was absent Charlotte Flair. If you look throughout this match, there were moments in this match that were spectacular. 
who authorized those moves? Who 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 executed those moves? I should say, mm-hmm. Charlotte. The problems in this match was Ronda is not a wrestler. Becky Lynch is not as good in the ring as either of these. Becky Lynch on the mic, spectacular. Nobody as a persona, nobody could touch. But in the ring, she doesn't execute in the ring as well as Charlotte. But she's, and better, when you but she's left, better than Ronda. I uh, Ronda is a fighter. Yeah, she's not a wrestler. She's not a wrestler, but sometimes being a fighter is better than being a wrestler. Like, if you put Ronda up against... Okay, Vince. Because this is the Brock Lesnar logic. Yes, but if you put Ronda up against Charlotte, you will get a good match every time. But that's because of Charlotte. Exactly. But you put Ronda up against Becky, who is somewhat sometimes shaky in the ring, you have problems. And those problems shine through throughout the match in Mania. Literally, remember how this match ended. Where was Charlotte? No, I agree. She was outside the ring. She was outside the ring because she got um, monkey flipped or whatever it was. She got hip tossed into the table by um, Charlotte, not by Charlotte, by Becky and Ronda. And then we got into the finish, which was, I think, a reversal of the arm bar into It was what spectacular. Botches everywhere. So, okay. So, there's a couple of things, right? One, it's not beyond Vince to... To use this as, like, it's not beyond Vince to say that this was intentional, right? It's not beyond as a way to protect Ronda, even though I think this was an actual botch. And I think the, the protection of Ronda was to have her not tap out, to have her be pinned instead in a, essentially what was a roll-up, right? This is my conspiracy theorist, but on your hearts, just follow me for a moment. Okay. I think Vince told Becky, Vince told Charlotte, he didn't tell Ronda how this match would end. Clearly, in that moment, everybody knew except Ronda that she was. This match is going to end right here, right now. Right now, Charlotte knew the match was going to end because that was a camera shot of her right before the pin, Mm -hmm. where she literally had this like "I gave up" look. Mm -hmm. And you saying to yourself, "You've been down there for like five minutes. Why Mm -hmm. you're back in the ring yet?" Mm -hmm. It was the moment for Becky to roll up Ronda Mm -hmm. and Ronda to be pinned out. Mm -hmm. But Ronda didn't know that, so Ronda didn't put her shoulders down because nobody told her this was how this match is going to end. And so if you, you watch so it... So you really think... Okay, so I had... I think I mentioned this at some point after, and I was like, same thing. Conspiracy theorist had his hat on. What if Ronda thought she was winning? No, she. I don't think she thought she was winning. I thought she thought the match was going to end another way with probably Becky Top and Charlotte out. She thought that she was going to end that match clean. She literally... If you read the dirt sheets after that, no, she you had look a- at the look on her face, <laughs> and it, it, you know what? And I, and I said this, I think, in the chat, it was reminiscent of the look on Brett's face during the Montreal Screwjob. No, I agree with you. I agree with you, and it sounds conspiracy theorist, but it's not beyond Vince. If you look at the way that match ended, it was almost like Charlotte sat out the ring, sat out the ring for a moment of time, and everybody in the arena was like, well, we're there "You've been Charlotte. down too long. Just yeah, go for, for a table spot when the tables was no selling all night." And then while she was sitting down there, you had moments in the ring where Becky was literally trying to roll up Ronda, and Ronda was just too powerful to be rolled up. Right, and then it just happened when a ref was like. Okay, that's the best of a chance we could get. Boom. One, two, three. And everybody looking around and Charlotte was like, Well, that's what they told me. She immediately got up, started to move off. She yeah, she she pulled the um who did that during the <laughs> screw job? Um oh it was it was Sean. Like Sean Sean looked at him, Triple H is like, Get yes, your ass yes. out the ring, buddy, let's roll. <laughs> like we know what was happening. Get your stuff, let's get no, the hell out you're, of here. Absolutely this correct. is done. And it was, tri- was, it was like, Triple H in the first one. And Ronda was like, This that really happened. And there's you could actually, see it in face. There's a lot of reminiscent moments to the the finish of this match that and I I, I and it feels like 
some of it was intentional. Some it was. I don't think it was intentional versus unintentional. It was who knew and who didn't they know. Knew. That's why so I, I said I, I feel like I, everybody knew except Ronda that that match was supposed to end at that moment. Because even if you watch the or ref's at least pin, with that type of a spot in that spot, if you watch the ref's pin, it's almost like he was like, "Well, I mean, I guess this is it." And then right. he rushed to the pin, and I'm like, "I don't." And then the replay, even the guys in the truck was trying to find the best angle to show you With. that the pin actually was a normal pin. Right. And that her shoulders was that, and they couldn't find it. Yeah. So what they do, they immediately end the shot, go to a Ronda in the ring celebrating, not Ronda, Becky, Becky in the ring celebrating Ronda looking and it, super confused. First of all, that was the longest time between the finish of a match and the replay out of <laughs> anything on the night. There was that they usually have that queued up within like maybe 15 20 seconds. It took them a minute and a half and they still showed an angle where her shoulders were up. That's what I say. Which it's... makes me feel like it wasn't it, it wasn't intentional and it was actually a screw up. It's just not a screw up for everybody. It was a screw up for Ronda cuz she didn't know. Cuz like I said, the look on her face was like in my head when I when I rewatched that, I was like she she looks just like Brett looked. Right. Confused. Like, what the hell just happened? Like, this is not what I thought was gonna happen. I have, I have. You think, okay, so here's the flip side of this conspiracy theory. You think Vince would do that to Rondo? Make her feel as though you're not gonna be involved in the finish at all. Right. And then tell everybody else, hey, Rondo can eat the pin. I want to stand up and start preaching now because I don't think you've seen the bigger picture here. Go ahead. What has Vince been trying to do since Ronda Rousey entered the WWE? Think about it. Legitimize, well, further legitimize the women's division. Or further legitimize Stephanie McMahon. You can't have a loose cannon like Ronda fight Stephanie and make it look credible. But you can have a skilled wrestler as skilled as Becky Lynch fight Uh, Stephanie, make it look credible. You just beat Ronda Rousey. Your next opponent is who? We're going to have this whole feud with uh, Lacey Evans. And when we go into SummerSlam, who do you think Becky's going to face? I can almost guarantee that it's going to be Stephanie McMahon with Stephanie taking a belt from Ronda Rousey. Wow. And not Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch. Wow. That's the only way this makes sense. Why play a Becky Lynch through all we've just seen? For her to shock Ronda Rousey to and lose then, to who? And then give her two belts so that she only to has lose to lose to who? one. To lose to who? Stephanie McMahon. Because it's not Lacey, because Lacey just reached. And They're going to make this all about Stephanie, the way they were trying to make it when Ronda first came in. Ronda couldn't gonna, do it. She can't credibly she stay in the ring without injuring no, it's Stephanie. It's not just that. She, also, she, yeah, she wrestles. See, but here's the thing, right? And this is the interesting, the interesting thing. She wrestles um, like Brock does, but Brock wrestled for a long time. I almost feel like they want Brock this way. Right. They didn't want Ronda this way. They no. wanted her to be cleaner. They wanted her to be safer. But she can't because... That, that hip toss that she does with... Every time she does that, I feel like somebody's shoulder is going to get ripped out of the socket. Every time. Every time she touches somebody's arm it's, and does the arm bar. It's scary. I'm like, she could break somebody right now. You can't put her in a match with no. any other... You need to... That's why I say it. Only you one know, superstar you know, can do it with Charlotte. What what that match showed me, though, is is that we were right all along. Ronda's not ready for that. She's, she's not been ready she's for any good of this. For, she's good in she's one not, spot and one spot only. She's not ready for the, the main event or even championship, women's championship 
spotlight at WrestleMania. She, she worked beautifully last year in the tag team match with her and Angle versus Stephanie and Triple, and, and Triple H. That was the perfect spot for her. And trust me, you're right. That match is probably like, mm, you can't run this with Ronda versus Steph because Steph might end up, you know, with a broken hip or broken arm, something. So I, 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 I get that. And I can see how that makes sense. So you get Stephanie, get not that she needs it, but I, I see how it makes sense. And they probably have her win... See, okay, so this now transitions into our discussion about the, the shakeup, shake right? Which belt does she win? Oh, Stephanie. Mm-hmm. She wins the Raw's, the Raw's belt. Ronda's, listen to me, I don't know why I keep saying Ronda. Becky Becky's is going, going to go to the Raw. No, Becky's going to go to Raw. So she, why would I Steph win the Raw belt? Steph wins the Raw belt because that's always been to show. Uh-huh. Fox is going to have the quote-unquote thing. Don't forget, we always have a second shakeup where trades and random stuff happen mm-hmm. as we lead towards Survivor Series. In this case, what we I don't. think they do, we don't. We no, only. It's not. They to, they did it the first time. They did it right before SummerSlam was when they did the when they first did the first shakeup. Mm-hmm. So the draft was I think in in March or April or something like that. And then the first shakeup was in the the week before Summer, two weeks before SummerSlam, because um, it's it's one of the reasons why the Brock Lesnar Randy Orton match didn't make any sense because Randy was on SmackDown and Brock was on Raw. No, it was a few years and ago then, around no, Survivor no, no, Series. No, 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 and then they did the second shakeup was after Mania, and the shakeup last year was after Mania. Was it after Mania? No, they started. Remember, we had the conversation initially. They was like, they just need to make it happen after Mania, yes. and in the next two years, they did it after yes. Mania both years. Yes, but we no. What, what I'm talking about around, I can't remember. It was no, last year, the they, year before. they always uh, there's allowances for people to move because I remember Sheen making a trade. Right. It's not. It's not necessarily a shakeup. There's just an allowance for yeah. moves to be to be made for things to happen if they need to happen. But that's see, what it is. I think Vince is still playing with this aspect of my theory. What do you do with the belts? If you keep the belts divided, one for Raw, one for SmackDown. This is what I think Vince does. Mm-hmm. He allows Becky to drop the SmackDown belt to Lacey. Mm-hmm. Allow Lacey to go over there, quickly lose that belt to whoever. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Ronda who goes over the SmackDown on the Fox deal or whatever. Well, Ronda's, I think Ronda's out for a while. It, well, whenever she comes back, injury, it's Injury or not, I think she was going to be out for a while. She's going to do the SmackDown run for Fox Sports. They want to make that a legit thing. Mm-hmm. But over on Raw, where the gimmicks are going to happen, mm-hmm. this is where you have Becky Lynch versus, with the Raw belt. Versus Stephanie McMahon in the in the the new age Austin versus Vince kind of way. Now you understand. No, it make, it make, We've I, been I playing you. a Becky Lynch far too long as the man fit to stop here. She defeated the two superpowered humans in Charlotte Flair and um, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, what do you think is next? Oh, McMahon, it's literally that's wrestling one on one. That's true. It's At one. this point, especially because she disrespected them all the way up throughout. From going back to to I think December or January, she was disrespectful from then. So this has been a month. This has been a story that's been months in the making. And since they're they're leaning back on so much nostalgia and old school approaches, it makes sense that her versus Stephanie would be the next big thing. That it is the, the next, next big, big Becky feud. It makes sense. So. I you clearly think Roman's going to SmackDown. Why I think Roman is going to SmackDown is for one reason and one reason only. You have to get both him and Braun away from Brock. Brock isn't going to work SmackDown. Brock isn't going to work WWE no, I think for the foreseeable future. Though. No, I think he's coming back. When? He takes probably two or three months back. And no, back he's with... fighting. The, the plan is for him to fight Cormier. Cormier. Is it Cormier or Cormier? Cormier. I think the plan is for him to fight Cormier one literally match. the week before SummerSlam. One match. One, the week before what? 
SummerSlam. So what happens the, the week, week after um, the week of uh, SummerSlam? Uh, the week after SummerSlam. I'm done with Brock Lesnar. You are, but what I'm trying to say I'm is, done. I'm done. If I'm you done. move Roman and Brock is never going to be done with the amount of money Vince is willing to pay. Fair. Never. We can live forever and he's going to keep making money from Vince McMahon. Mm. So you move Roman and you move Braun away and put them on a show that allows them in two hours to literally tell the really good stories. For whatever reason, fair, SmackDown fair. has been heads over heels better than Raw in terms of telling stories. Yeah. If you move AJ over to Raw, if you move Samoa Joe over to Raw, what is left on SmackDown? You bring the likes of Braun Strowman, you bring the likes of Roman Reigns over there to compete. Actually to compete for a title that's been, for all intents and purposes, better than the Universal Feud. Mm-hmm. It has. If you put them over 100%. there and you keep Daniel Bryan, Kofi, and all these guys over on SmackDown, you imagine what that show could be for two hours? That's appointment television. No, that's 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 that goes back to the SmackDown 6 era, which we talked about on the pod last week, that SmackDown right now is reminiscent of when it was Angle, Benoit, Guerrero, you know, Edge, those guys. That's what it, it's reminiscent of is the SmackDown 6 era where they're telling excellent rings in and out. Sorry, excellent stories in and out of the ring. Um, okay, so so let me pose this question to you. If you're Fox and... So that's that you're Fox and you're NBC, which owns USA, right? Mm-hmm. And Vince says, you get to cherry pick... You can only command or demand one wrestler. Right now, who's the one wrestler? That, if I'm Fox or NBC. Right. And you get one. You only which, which you one can, am I? Fox you can, or NBC? You're Fox, and you can only definitively say, "I get this person, a hundred percent guarantees, no question asked." Hmm. Who does Fox want? Who does Fox want? I think they want Seth. I think they want Seth. I think they want Seth for what he what he represents in terms of wrestling. Wow. And if I'm NBC, the show that's literally been living off of. Raw being what it is, with no problems over all these years, you take one of the heavyweights that has the comedy and all the other things that comes along with it. But Seth is a wrestler, and SmackDown has always been that. And if you read the dirt sheets over what they want in terms of a hold show, hold on, hold on, hold they on. They want a wrestler. Ev- this is everybody. Everybody's everybody. available. Everybody. You get one choice based on. So you don't think either company would say, we definitely want Becky? I don't think so. Wow. I think Becky's a moment. Seth has proven he's more than a moment. Think about it. And this is what I think a lot of wrestling fans start to look over. Remember what the last two years of wrestling has been. Who's been the one consistent factor? Seth. That is what Fox wants. They Consistency. Want- it's, why, it's why they wouldn't say Roman because now Roman is an unknown you don't you don't know when that leukemia could come back up and then your top guy is out and may never come back. Exactly. And I think that's Fair. why Seth is the guy. I would have said AJ Styles. But I think at this point of his career, yeah. I, I mean, mean he's still consistent if but if, if everything age. that we've read online is true, he wants a a lighter schedule, he wants to be able to spend more time with his family. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean that 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 makes sense. The grind of WWE, especially for somebody who spent most of his career in the indies the grind of wwe is a very different animal and aj is up there and his style is like you know when you talk about running backs and stuff like that his style is one of those where it's hard on the body right, right? it's like or like a point guard right somebody who your, your whole game is built and, and and predicated on speed and athleticism and in order to maintain that you can't do it 300 nights a year you just can't that doesn't make sense and i think 
what he's given to WWE in this two or three year run that it's or four year run that it's been, I think he's earned the right to say, I want a lighter schedule. I'm a legend. I'm a veteran. I am literally the face that ran SmackDown since I've been here. And I think he he's he's earned and he deserves the right to say I want to light a contract. So and it makes and sense. I think it's the reason he's going to go to Raw. Not so much that he can't deliver anymore. Is the fact that he can't. Raw is that show that you can, allows you, you because it's more talking. You it's can more lose, skits. You could lose somebody on Raw. You could, but at the same time with AJ, whenever AJ shows up, he delivers. No, it's a moment. You understand yeah. where I'm coming from? Yeah. So with that, he has the ability to take a week off. Uh huh. Because they have all kind of other things going I on. I mean, Roman took a week off in the build to Mania. And, and, this is somebody, and this is somebody who was out for almost six months, you know, and he took a week off. And nobody, and, I, and I don't think it had anything to, do, anything to do with Roman. I think it has to do with what Raw is. Mm. So you're right. You can have somebody take a week or two off on Raw, build it into the story, and the person not genuinely been like, well, where the hell was Roman today? Because Brock been doing that for like the past all my life. All my life, he's been doing. I that. hate Brock Lesnar. But uh, make my point clear on the shakeup or the draft, whatever. So this is why. Show. This is also why you give Seth. Oh, I do think that it's 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 particularly interesting that in all of the renaming of titles, they never change the names of the two top belts. No, because I think it allows them when they need to to switch around champions without having the issue of the raw the raw um, world title or the smackdown world title which i think makes a lot of sense now you've been seeing it because the wwe championship could go over to raw and still be the they WWE could WWE they could very well move new day to raw during the shakeup the raw feels like oh, a new look, day the show. only thing you need to do with the universal belt and it would it would behoove me if there's not a black uh, a blue universal belt out there sitting on somewhere already made probably you literally flip the color yeah and it still works yep and this is what i keep saying like if you look at what they're trying to do on SmackDown, what they've been doing on SmackDown, mm-hmm. you can imagine a show lineup where you have Seth Rollins oh. as your top guy, Alistair Black, uh-huh. and you still manage to sneak a ricochet in there. And then you still manage to, for some strange reason, keep Revival. Mm-hmm. Put them in a division with the Usos. Uh-huh. Move up any <coughs> other tag team. Put, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you can imagine what that show would be for two hours on Fox on a Friday night. That's appointment television. Yeah. That would be ridiculous. That would be that would literally become the wrestling show, and so, then you keep all the gimmick guys over on Raw. So, the funniest thing, not not to sidetrack, but I just remembered this. So, you flash back to the Kofi versus Daniel Bryan match. Biggie runs out of the ring before the match starts and grabs a gift box, and the camera follows him, and you see the pedestal with. What was covered at the time, the old WWE title, which we all assume is what it was, right? Now, they actually had Daniel Bryan place the, the Earth's, the planet's title on top of it. But nonetheless, this is what, what happened, right? And we all said, Vince is going to fire Biggie. <laughs> and then Karma came in and Biggie tore his meniscus this week. Yep. And it was so funny because he did two splits this week and I was like... <laughs> Yeah, you really wasn't trying to be a long term. You, you really like, out, out. Let me let me take myself out of the equation so I don't have to get fired. But it wasn't his fault. It was the camera Emma's guy's fault. fault. Because I think what Big E did, he ran over there to just show Kofi tonight is your night. Right. He didn't even touch the belt. No, it was just the box. It was the gift he box. He went straight for the box, lifted up. It just so happened that he stood right in front of the belt. Right. So it gave it away to everybody that wasn't in the arena that <clears> there's a belt there. 
Right. Because if you in a regular at... t- in a regular title match, there's no belt outside the ring. Right. 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 They hand it to the 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 um the the ring announcer or the the um the timekeeper. Right? And that's just where it goes. It immediately gave away to all of us. I think I was either the first or second person all the well, clearly, it, the belt is the right belt there. Is right there. So when they did the play it up, they wrapped the planet's title around, around that. it. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was give well, you the impression that it was, it was, it was well just done. a whole stuff. But my thing is, that could have been in. Well, no, it wouldn't have made sense for it to be in the gift box. They could have just had it behind the. Um, it, it. There was a number of ways that they could have played that where it didn't have to be on the pedestal. Because Kofi could have said, you know, if I'm fighting for this, if I win, I want the real mm-hmm. WWE title. Which means they could have just had both at the timekeeper's table. And see, this is where I think, again, only certain people knew what was going on. Vince being Vince throughout the night. Because if you, th- this didn't pop up until the last match of the show. Uh-huh. The women's match. Mm-hmm. They had the two pedestals there. Mm-hmm. But they also had the form-fitting thing for you to rest the belt on. Mm-hmm. So you did. You, it clearly was not a belt underneath it. Right. You saw the form just for you to rest the belt on. Right. But with the championship match, you the, literally the saw the outline of the belt. Right. It was just draped because over the belt Because it was draping itself. over the belt. But you yeah. win some and you lose some. I'm just glad that Biggie didn't have to get fired for it. He's not gonna get fired. He's gonna feud with Kofi if Kofi holds the belt beyond SummerSlam. Let's just see how his meniscus works out. Is Kofi going to hold the title beyond SummerSlam? I, I don't see any reason. Daniel is gonna take some time off. AJ is gonna take. Well, some Daniel's time off. not going to to Saudi Arabia, so it only yeah. makes sense for him to drop the title. So from that's that what I'm saying. This shakeup will be a spot where you could get the belt to flip between and Kofi you still and keep, probably you still keep it on Kofi for a couple of months. Yeah. I think, okay, so I think they're in a tough spot because I think if this was any other time and if they'd had a proper history of black champions, Kofi would be a transitional champion as in a month, two months, maybe three. I think because of the history, they have to give him at least until SummerSlam, which means it has to be all of April, all of May, all of June, all of July, and to the middle of August whenever SummerSlam happens. So he had, I think in order for them... In order for people to not riot when he loses, it has to feel like a legitimate title run. But I feel like WWE is in a spot where they can't mess this up. Again, we have the shakeup coming next week. Well, this week now. And I think what they're going to do, they're going to move the whole New Day gimmick over to Raw. And allow him in a spot where he doesn't have to wrestle week to week to week to week. Because Rock didn't have to. Exactly. So they keep probably Samoa Joe going over there too with the United States belt. And you have guys like Randy Orton and all that. So you can have a few feuds where he doesn't have to do the heavy lifting, but so it can move, still get by. So you move Finn to SmackDown with the IC title? I think you keep Finn on... Because the IC no, title no, is No, you move Finn, Finn over with, with the IC title. But in terms of what they built build around Kofi Kingston and that whole mm-hmm. gimmick, you allow him a spot where he could hold the belt up until yeah. SummerSlam. And uh, Raw makes sense for the New Day in general from a gimmick standpoint as well. Like... I mean, New Day works wherever they go, right? But from a gimmick standpoint, New Day feels like a raw gimmick more than a SmackDown right. gimmick, so to speak. Energy, and you know, then they come out, and I think that the next big feud Vince is aiming for, I think Kofi against um, Big E is the next big feud we see for the belt. That's something I'm sticking to. Nobody can talk me up that. I mean, you clearly stick into it. Yep. I mean, it, it makes sense. What if the injury angle is just an angle? What if the injury is, is a work? Hey, Vince is sketchy thinking. No, like seriously, what if the injuries work? I I could totally see it. Because my thing is, you could do that where... I don't know. There's ways you could play that. Because like, 
if they do move the entire New Day to Raw, right? Biggie's injured. Um, I think you only need Biggie off TV for three months, and this is why I said, follow me. He's off TV for three months. Uh huh. Kofi, Xavier doing everything. Uh huh. And then you come back, you to Biggie just apparent. Uh huh. And it's like you guys just went on like I didn't help you right. get to this point. Uh huh. And Kofi, no, no, there's like, a natural story. That's what I'm saying. There's and, a natural and, story. And Biggie is the guy who's gonna say I literally carried you to this point. Mm-hmm. And Kofi's like you didn't, and that would be the feud. Yeah. You just need to take him off of TV for two to three months. Yeah. Allow him to play up, win a few big matches right. here and there. So do one or two pay per views. Right. So it wouldn't be. It, so who okay so we know that money in the bank is the next pay per view. So who who how where where do we go, or is that just a placeholder? It's just a placeholder. We did or, it before. Or do they give they give it do they give money to the bank in somebody and they don't just they don't cash it in right away? No, I think that's gonna be for the first time. Well, not the first time in a long time. I think what they do is they do the long haul with the money, money in the, the bank, bank thing. Just let it play all the way up until probably. Uh, not Survivor Series Royal Rumble next year, mm-hmm. and let's go from there. Probably okay. give it to a guy. I don't want to say Rusev because that gimmick is sale. He had the money in the bank a few years ago. So Did give he? it to a guy like yeah. Didn't he have the money in the bank a few years ago? Rusev. Let's see if I can remember. Rusev was no, he wasn't in the money in the bank. I know where I'm mixing up. He just had the whole gimmick where he did the whole Rusev day thing, right? And everybody just was completely over with Rusev. Yep. So well, I think you, you, you give it in a position to somebody. I can't pinpoint somebody exactly who deserves it, mm-hmm. but you give it to somebody who can carry that and build that into a gimmick. Do they give it to an NXT guy? Who? Because only one NXT guy who's free with nothing to do, no titles to hold. And I don't think they rush him up. There's only one guy. Who doesn't have a title? He has a whole faction. Cole? I it, I want to see the guy up on the roster. My thing is, it seems like they're they're starting to run a, a breakup angle for them though. Why? Well, no, as in from what I've read and what I've understand of what they've been doing with those guys prior to him being hot shot into the the feud over the NXT title, mm-hmm. they seem like they were starting to tell what? a potential breakup story. What? And then if you see the the Fallout video from WrestleMania. And his reaction to those guys, it seems like they might be going back to that story. Even if they don't, even if it doesn't run through the entire story. What right? was the last thing they shoehorned into this whole WWE draft coming up this week? We always knew it was going to be SmackDown. We always knew it was going to be Raw. What is the one fact that they shoehorned in? NXT. Who on NXT is allowed to move right now is in a space to move right now? Only them. They're not, they're not ready to bring Dream up and clearly... Um, Gargano has to stay because Champa's gone, so he has to hold down the. Ta- the nobody the, else. Yeah, no, no, no. It's you, only you're right. It's only the new era, and it's only the pirate princesses. Right. Only them. Right. Because they did, they did drop that where you know, um, what did he say? Superstars from Raw, SmackDown, and and elsewhere will be on the move, and that was the first time that they definitively referenced any of the other brands being involved in the shakeup. They've never made any allusions even to to that in, in past shakeup. So I found I found that interesting because I think people were of the impression, well, they just brought up Black and Ricochet. They brought up Lacey Evans. They've been bring, like they brought up um Lars is up on the main roster now. These are guys that are already here. They're on the main roster. But they've not so they're not on a specific include... br- but they're not on a specific brand yet. No. So that but, may be a part of the shakeup but they've putting not them been to on X- NXT for quite some time. So you right. wouldn't allude to them as except for, except for Black Shade. 
That's what we call them now. Man, look, yeah, I saw somebody on, I think it was on Cage Side, call them black shit, and I'm like, I'm stealing that. Uh, that's cool, though. I like it. It could work. Put that on a t-shirt. Exactly. No, all they ever want. T-shirts. <laughs> there's so much, there's so much to unpack for WrestleMania. Because somebody, somebody else found out that they started selling the Daniel Bryan Championship t-shirt during, <laughs> not the Daniel Bryan, the Kofi. The championship is, t-shirt during the and, match and this is why i have to give whoever is in charge of social media and trying to make all these different elements come together to make a oh no it's a uh, tough job they made the mistake with putting the shirts online what we didn't get because we didn't know the shirts was online right. during the show there was a moment in the show where alexa bliss was in the back with the btm stop it the btm had on the daniel bryan shirts that were also up on the website uh-huh and now, because everybody got the idea that Kofi is going to win, those Daniel Bryan Plant the Champion t-shirts don't make any sense. They put it there, and they offered it as, like, on a rebate or, like, a discounted. Discount yeah, like, these still matter. These still matter to oh. sell it because the mistake was already out there that Kofi would win. They had no, no shirts No, but it, up. it went on during their match. They, it went on during their match, but the Daniel Bryan shirt, the Planet Champs shirt was, was ever on up. sale. Prior to? Yes, and because they messed up by giving it away that Kofi was going to win the match, then nobody just... would buy the Daniel Bryan shirt. So what did they do? They marked it down, and they promoted it during the show. Hey, these are still here. You can still buy them. They're open. Come on, come and get them. <laughs> oh, so you're saying the Usos thing happened after Kofi won? Yes. Oh, okay. Not Man. the Usos thing, the B-team Sorry, thing. Sorry, the B-team thing happened after, after. after um Kofi won the match. You know what? It's just, it's just so much. WrestleMania is so much. It was it was pretty good this year. Jesus, very I'm very interested. In I still don't I for. still don't understand. How, see, and we have this conversation every year. Like, okay, let's try and get to Mania next year, especially because now it's going to be back in Florida. It's going to be in Tampa next year. But then I think about okay, so the show itself is usually five hours. The pre-show is two hours. If you want to get there ahead of it being insane. That means you're going maybe an hour too early. I'm going to spend nine hours in an arena, Cardo. It's going to be more than nine hours because there's no way in the world you go to Mini and you don't do NXT. It's no, no, no you... I'm talking about on that one but, specific but day. See, and this is the, I thought about it after we did Mini at your house this year. I said to myself, it probably felt so long because there was so much other things we were dealing with being home and having mm. to do all our obligations. Mm-hmm. But I said to myself, if we're in the city, you're going to party your head off Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to sleep all day Sunday uh, up until the point of the show. Mm-hmm. So by the time you reach the show, it's like the day is just starting. You're fresh. Nothing is lingering, holding mm. you down. So you're going to have that As energy. everything prior to the show when you're watching it at home. It's so much things up, you have right, to take care of right. before so you I'm find pretty sure. Time. I'm pretty sure I was up from 6 or 7 o'clock as usual Sunday morning. Yeah, Actually, daddy duty. we were up early because we were trying to make... We were trying to make the day happen. So there were certain things that we wanted to do. We needed to get to the store to get, you know, dip and the stuff for all of that and whatnot. So, no, it was one of those days. We were up. I think we made breakfast and everything. So, yeah, it everything was like a normal day. And then at 5 o'clock, the show started. Exactly. But if you're there, you're probably going to sleep until about 2, 3 o'clock. And get then, up and then get yeah, ready to go to yeah. the show. And it's like a... Yeah, and if you if you arrive anywhere between five thirty and six thirty, you're not that mad because it's like who's really inter- that interested in, in the, the pre-show, pre-show matches, right? I mean, and I think I think they did a good job because one of the things was we figured we figured that the men's battle royal was going to take place. The Andre was going to take place on the main show because they they had the two guys from SNL, mm-hmm. and they didn't even do that. I think, and we we can end where we started. This was 
a well-paced, other than the Triple H Batista match, you take that out, and this was a a perfectly paced, um, perfectly told from start to finish, um, playing with what our expectations were. This was probably the best WrestleMania since 30. I have to agree with you on that. And 30 stood out because of the Daniel Bryan story, and I think that was when Taker lost. Mm -hmm. Those were the two big moments. I can't tell you that I remember a lot outside of that. I'm going to remember a lot more about this mania because you're going to remember Heyman coming out. You're going to remember Seth finally getting getting over Brock. You're going to remember Kofi versus Daniel Bryan, obviously. You're going to remember the crazy spots. I can remember the entire card. No, but that's, you're, you're gonna remember. Not I can remember the entire. And I'm not even saying it because it's it just happened. It's fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to say there's moments from matches that I remember. Yeah. After Mania in previous years, I forgot moments almost immediately. Right. Because I was only looking forward to one or two things. Right. But with this, every match made a case, except that Triple H Batista yeah. match. No, I you're right. Match. You're right. So in in typical WrestleMania fashion, I think this has probably been the longest part that we've done. <laughs> ever because we're, we're clocking in an hour and 18 so i think it's probably time for us to wrap up um it was it was a good show it was a damn good show i think from start to finish and there's not there's not too much to complain about coming out of the show um other than daniel bryan sorry not daniel bryan other than triple h versus batista that's probably the the biggest complaint that anybody could realistically have about the show unless you know Rey mysterio or samoa joe is like your favorite wrestler on the planet then you might have a complaint um, but that kind of ties into the Batista Triple H complaint because of timing. I mean, dude um, took five minutes to dislodge your nose ring. First of all, and then we know he didn't dislodge. It was so they so all and slow you could see Roll it. Out the ring. <laughs> and I'm like, man, come on, man. The least they could have done was actually have something that had the cutting power to cut it. So then it, it popped out immediately and you didn't have to do the whole cell job of I'm rolling out of the ring. I'm covering my nose. I'm actually undoing the ring that's in my nose and Triple H is pulling the ring that he was either was in his shoulder pad or sorry, not his shoulder pad, his elbow pad or his knee pad or his crotch or wherever it was. And then I'm going to poke a little hole in where my nose ring was. So there's blood like it was just it was way too much. Everything about that match was just ugh. but I don't want to end on that note. I want to say it was a damn good show um, from start to finish. And next year's WrestleMania is going to have a lot to contend with to match up. A lot. A, a, a whole lot. Because you're not going to get that Kofi Daniel Bryan moment every year. And that was the highlight of what was still overall a damn good I'm show. I'm just saying. I know the guy doesn't listen to our podcast. But if there's anyone that he might listen to, I want it to be this one. CM Punk, if you do ever decide to wrestle again, now would be as good as a time to ever Come back. Yeah, man. There's so much possibilities mm-hmm. in this roster. There's so much possibilities Alistair Black, here. Ricochet, Kofi. Look here. A Kofi versus... I hate to do this. A Kofi Kingston versus CM Punk. Because CM Punk actually believes in Kofi and his potential. That was one of his best friends on the road. I wish you could see me shaking It was the right only... You realize this is the first time that CM Punk has spoken about WWE in so long. since no since the pod since yes. since the pod with Cocabana yeah. since the trial he actually gave someone content about WrestleMania because Kofi won and this is why I restarted the pod here this is why I have to give Vince credit I wish and this was a video pod you I would, said you said that Vince for the first time in a long time walked away I just let it breathe 
that shot of him in the limousine is representative for what wrestling is going to be. I scoffed at the idea of the last whole, we're going to do it for the fans, whole skit that uh-huh. all of them did. But if this is what it's going to be, I'm interested. They actually they actually did listen to the fans. I'm, I'm interested. We got essentially everything that we wanted. I'm interested. I wish this was a video pod because what I would love to end with, because there's not much, there's not much audio in it. There's a there's a clip online. I think it was an Instagram post from Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP, a video of their reaction to a live reaction to the end of the Kofi Kingston Daniel Bryan match, and that is what wrestling is all about. Because he was standing there with um. Was it JTG or was it Shad? J- I can't tell. Because one was in the ring. Yeah. One was actually in at Mania, I think, sitting next to Kofi's family. And then the other one, so it was Shad Gaspar and JTG. I think JTG was the Which taller one. one. Yeah. So I think JTG is the one who was with Montel. Von, I MVP. Hate, yeah. He was an MVP. So I love the full name. <laughs> I've always loved the full name. The fact that that's his actual real name is just freaking insane. Um, but yeah, the that that video of their reaction... And the unbridled emotion, the tears of watching two w, former WWE um, African-American wrestlers and what that moment represented to them. And what it represented to a lot of black fans, which, which, which is a, in a lot of times a very underserved part of WWE's market. It goes to show how important and impactful wrestling can be. And so I find this is as good a time as any to remind people who are, you also watch wrestling? Wrestling can be a damn good show when it's ready. And, you know, John Oliver the week before WrestleMania was like, nothing that you watch on TV is better than wrestling. And he, he was using it no, for as, a way, as a way to, to, to poke fun and kind of, not, well, not poke fun, but, but to speak no, to, to a lot of the, the negative things around yeah. it. But at the end of the day, that statement is right. Wrestling is probably better than 90% of what you watch on TV. I'm interested. Clearly, that's the name of the spot. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Remember to like, comment, subscribe, share. We're going to try and find a way to make this thing regular again. We'll we'll figure it out. The shakeup is coming. We're going to have to talk about that. Um, We're going to have to talk about the long-term ramifications of the shakeup and how it plays into the SmackDown move to Fox and all of those sorts of things. So I'm sure we're going to, we're going to try and be back at least within the next week or two to at least discuss that. And we need to cycle back around to that tag team conversation. Otherwise I'm just going to write an article and there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. The dude said the best ever, the best ever. Who's better. You really want me to say? No, we can save that for later. (laughs) All right. Like, comment, subscribe, share. We're out. We're out.